Hello. Welcome to Pop Culture Hangfire with Christian and Gabriel. The podcast where I try to catch up my friend Gabriel on everything I think he missed while he was being homeschooled and sheltered from the outside world. But today we are going to do some homework with Gabe. Gabe. So in previous episodes, we always say, oh, Gabe should watch this and then tell us what he did. And Gabe should do that. I sent you a, a playlist of songs. Okay. And again, mainly rap and yeah, just about rap. I think there's, there's like uh, some hip hop and maybe R&B, but mainly rap. A little, yeah. Because it's the one thing that you were always like, don't know what it is. Don't know what it is. So she I sent you, I sent you, what would you say about... 17, 18 songs, maybe? Uh, yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, 20-ish. So overall, like, what was your impression of the playlist, right? Uh, I mean, oh, I mean, first of all, like, I mean, I liked it. There was nothing that I, I heard in there that I was just like, bad. I can't, I can't listen to this. Not a single bit. So we can get that out of the way. Fantastic. Um, some of them I found uh, surprisingly re- relaxing, I suppose, um... Again, given my my lack, there's a there's a couple songs that I had heard on there, right? Because like I think there's exposure. I think there's some that are like memes, right? <laughs> Thug life some one. That are, it's either that or like um, there's one specifically that I recognized uh, from uh, Rick and Morty, and I was like, oh, there's a song. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and so there's some things that I had heard through just you know general media exposure or through other means that I, I could now place. And there's a couple that I, I, I had heard otherwise, but some surprisingly relaxing uh, Snoop in particular. Like I, like I said, I could I could easily sit there and like, you know, I feel like I could zone out listening to him. I got to tell you, like I early Snoop, young Snoop. Oh, my God. That dude was smooth, man, his early stuff. Now, nothing wrong with his later stuff. Right. Um, but it just uh, there, there was more storytelling and. um and staying on topic, I think, back in the early days for him, where now it's definitely about a mood and like the moment where before he 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 was following a story he was telling. Uh, yeah. But again, that could have been the early 90s. You know, that's just how you did it back in those days. Like you, from some of the songs that you heard and you'll know, you'll notice like some of them keep a theme throughout the entire thing. And and I think that's a lot. How does a lot to do with? But uh, he he was he is a smooth lyricist, man. He can make anything rhyme. His pausing is on point, like his connecting of verses. Ah, dude could do amazing things, can do amazing things, I should say. Um, So because we are not famous, we're just going to play stuff off. Now, I do want to talk about something, right? Because this is a a bit of a badge of honor for myself. So I do listen to podcasts. Every day I, I walk my dog and I listen to podcasts. And when I'm trying to learn something, and I usually like, uh, I usually go to two or three podcasts before I settle on one. And the biggest turnoff, no matter how good that podcast might be with content, is the sound. If your sound, if you're not putting in the time for your production, for your sound to, to, to come out clear, I will automatically stop listening within three minutes because I'm like, okay, if I'm having trouble hearing you, understanding you, or it just doesn't sound clear, I'm out. And one of the things that the reason why it took so long to, to do this podcast for me again was I could not get the sound right. Could not get it. 
and I originally we originally started with my old laptop and and it worked fine, but we had two laptops connected in order for you to be able to come through and connect into the to the mixer and the mixer was connected. It, it was a big thing. So then I, I I upgraded and I bought a laptop, and it changed the game because now the USB connection we we needed less wires, and then I figured out a way to get. YouTube sound to come in through the recording and, and sound perfectly and be able to invite other guests and there was no delay or anything like that. And now I, I figured out a way to plug my phone in so that potentially we could have a caller <laughs> join us through the phone, but I can also go to that playlist and rather than having to preload it or do anything like that, it's, it, I, again, my own very badge of honor, my own pat on the back, I feel like if this didn't sound good, we wouldn't be doing it. And I and I love the fact that I'm still learning and I'm and I'm introducing it. So this this episode is purely came to be with me wanting to use this technology this way and being able to just make it less hassle in order for it to be fun. Right. The minute it becomes too much work, it is no longer fun. So the fact that this is so easy for me to do now, I'm like, we should do this all the time. So that, that's, love it. that's just my rant about that. So we're going to go with the first song and we're just going to play, uh, you know, a couple of seconds of it, maybe 10, 15 seconds. And it's just this intro is so iconic to me, like ridiculously iconic. When you hear it, I automatically time travel to Los Angeles in the early 90s. And I remember the video. I mean, it was it just changed the game. Anyway, let's listen. Speaking of Snoop Dogg and Smooth, right? Uh, Nothing But a G Thing by Dr. Dre from the Chronic album, but with the with Snoop Dogg as the feature. This was a, the way that, that uh, Dr. Dre introduced Snoop Dogg into the rap world. He actually introduced him in the song Deep Cover from the soundtrack to the movie Deep Cover, starring Lawrence Fishburne, if I recall. That was the first time you heard Snoop. And then he put him in like three or four songs from The Chronic. And then Snoop Dogg went on and did Doggy Style, which went, you know, amazing. But the the credit goes to Dr. Dre and his producing to be able to take, I mean, heavily influenced by Parliament Funkadelic from George Clinton and turning it, it these into these insane beats that just will live on forever. I mean, we're talking about a song that's almost 30 years old at this point. It's insane, but it sounds, you could put this on anywhere and people will feel it to their bone. Anyway, that's my take on it. Yeah, that was a great intro again, because like, all I, I, I went through that list one time. So I've got mostly just like, like my initial reaction, to all of it. And that was just smooth and relaxing. And like, I just wanted to like lean back, close my eyes and just like, kind of like drift in the melody, you know? Oh, uh, dude. And I, I got to tell you, you do not know how much I love to hear that. <laughs> It's 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 a, a very uh, I don't even know what else to say. Like it's just it's easy listening. That's fantastic. Now the next one I put in was staying in the same family, right? Uh, was Ice Cube because they were part of N.W.A. and this is around Ice Cube's third album. I want to say I think this is from Lethal Injection, and it again an iconic song sets a mood. Uh, let's just go ahead and give it a listen. Break. Shit. 
it was a good day. It, again, like storytelling from beginning to end. He woke up and the day seemed different. You know, like it was the entire day that's dictated. It's just, uh, I, it, it's, it's not even the event. It's just the, the lyrics and, and the delivery. Ice Cube, dude, is an insane writer. He was writing most of NWA stuff. And then when he went out on his own, wrote amazing things, then he becomes a, a movie writer. I don't know if he gets enough credit for it. And I've said this before for how much of a fantastic writer he is. But his delivery, he, even now when he raps, even though it's it's hard to believe that this guy who made it now produces movies, does comedies, is, you know, hardcore at the, at, you know, at, at the bottom, at the core of it. Hardcore at the core, but I still believe it because what he did by himself, what he did with NWA, what he did with Westside Connection, just again, amazing lyricist. He's just an amazing rapper. Uh, I think one of the greatest ones alive. But go on, sorry. Um, this is me again, just taking over. No, you're giving a good background because again, I'm giving. I'll give you an, an emotional like. Uh, I'll give you the feeling that that uh, I, I I can give for it. So, a common thread throughout all this is the ability to tell those stories in a way that's compelling musically, which you kind of take it for granted when you're listening to all this stuff, but like it's hard sometimes to just kind of convey what I'm thinking with words. And so the ability to like tell a coherent story and make it melodic is always, um, that's just really impressive. And my, my introduction to Ice Cube was like movies, you know, like my, my, my actual introduction to him as a person. So to get more of the background and to, to, you know, get a little more into what he is, is, is interesting just from that perspective too. Cause I never really got into the music. I just, I, I would see him in a movie here or there be like, that's ice cube. All right. Yeah. But uh, this is where he started. And this is where I yeah. always go back to early nineties, mid nineties, ice cube is some of the greatest rapping I've ever heard. And, and again, not even necessarily the rapping, but the rhyming and the writing is just insane. What this man was doing. But I think the album that I would recommend for anybody to listen to Ice Cube is Lethal Injection. I think that's his greatest album. Moving on to we in 98, I think we talked about uh, X, uh, DMX. So we have two DMX songs that I, I put in there for you. We'll listen to the first one. Just something about when those drums kick, man, it just like the, it, it makes you want to do something. I don't It's just me. So these these both of these from DMX, I, I had heard and with, whether it was in uh, a movie or whether it was in something, I definitely have heard them. And so I there's recognition for what they were without knowing. And uh, yeah, that th so these this was something that like you like I wanted to be like working out or something while I listened like this was an activity this is music that gets you wanted to move you want to move you want to do something it does it so does and it's energizing you, yeah and when you hear the beginning right much like nothing but a g thing it sets a, a mood of like oh this is like nothing but a g thing makes you want to like you Take know back like or if you're driving like like this is where you like recline your seat just a little bit more and then like lower yourself with this one it's like oh i'm i'm hitting something or somebody <laughs> and then the second song we were talking about uh, yeah uh, yeah 
Don't get it twisted. This rap shit is mine, motherfuckers. A fucking game. Fuck what you heard. It's what you hearing. It's what you hearing. Listen. It's what you hearing. Listen. It's what you hearing. Listen. X gon' give it to you. You know, it's it's just like he had that raw power. Oh my god, it was impressive. Now, look, I will say this. I don't agree with a uh, with some of the lyrics in some of the songs because he had some lyrics that were uh, homophobic, you know, plain and simple. They were, you know, and, and eventually he discussed them and everything like that. But but there was this raw energy that came from him that wasn't wasn't around before, I think. And, it, and he came hard with it and, it and it was believable because of the lifestyle he lived. Uh, so, yeah, I've always appreciated what this what this what this music does like you said it evokes something in you and it's very raw and primal and it makes you want to hit something or someone i don't know why it makes me want to do that and, and your your fun fact for this one is this is the one from uh rick and morty oh this the is the one sequence of one yeah there's ending sequence of an episode where instead of doing the typical thing where like they move on from whatever thing happened they uh they they go to the person who's 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 an asshole and they beat him up they get they get all ripped first. There's like a montage of them getting getting in like lifting weights and stuff, and then they 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 kick the shit out of the guy. <laughs> and this is what's flying. And then they just go beat up other bullies. They just pick random bullies. There's like a neo Nazi. They kick the shit out of him. Go fucking on to the next one. So nice. I was like, oh, I know this. <laughs> uh, now the next one we're gonna play is from Jay Z. It's Hard Knock Life. Now what this song did was. I mean, the sample is is so iconic, right? Uh, from Annie, to then turn it to what it is, it's it was just sheer br brilliance, really was. So, here we go, "Hard Knock Life" by Jay Z. Take the baseline out. Uh huh. Uh huh. Let it bump though. You know, like he already is a, a fantastic rapper, but something about that beat and that that sample that just sets it apart, you know? Yeah, there's a I don't know. It's just like the juxtaposition of the different like tone. It's just it's it's very it, Jay-Z's always anything he's done that's uh, a compilation or, or things where he's take it, it it's always i'm trying to think of the right word now it's always it's like mentally stimulating because it's interesting that you're you're connecting the dots between these separate or disparate things sometimes and it's i don't know he's uh you wouldn't have thought of it maybe but he did you know what that's a that's a great example because it goes back to collision course right the the album that he did with lincoln park where they basically split their songs and, and somehow were able to mash them together and you're like to even to even be open to that idea, right, is already brilliant enough, and then to actually execute it so well, and and that's some of my exposure to him is I've listened to to like that. Oh, that's right. Okay. So and another interesting bit too is like during during my time on uh, Pendleton, R and B was that was what was in. So like everybody, if they had control of the radio, that's what they turned the station to, almost universally. So I heard a lot of stuff in the in 
in the background that I didn't recognize because, again, it wasn't what I was listening to if I was on my own. But, I mean, nothing was objectionable, so I'm, I, I listened to whatever was on. You know, whatever was it was it was a democracy at its finest, <laughs> whatever people wanted to listen to. And so I heard a lot of things that I wouldn't know, but but uh, are from a lot of R&B. Uh, it would be later. It'd be some of the later stuff. It's like a kind of mid 2000. OK, so more but, more like uh, uh, like the the later Ja Rule, uh, Jennifer Lopez, uh, 50 Cent. Things like that, right? Like probably the Chronic two thousand one, right? The return, the second Chronic. Um, the next one, I think, obviously, you've heard this or a variation of this because the first two albums from Eminem were were very much him having a ton of fun, just being able to really, really showcase like his ability to rhyme and to mimic and to create, you know, new rhyme patterns. It's uh, so. Uh, the Real Slim Shady from the Marshall Mathers LP. May I have your attention, please? May I have your attention, please? Will the Real Slim Shady please stand up? I repeat, will the Real Slim Shady please stand up? We're gonna have a problem here. I mean, I don't think you get away with the, you could get away from this even if you tried, right? No. So my experience with him as far back as it goes is that there were some of my friends who who talked about and listened but of course that was strictly prohibited um because part of it was the the objection was part of the the what he was doing he was he was causing this objection in media and conservative type mentality with what he he was deliberately provoking it and you know that fell fell right in line with what uh what would not be allowed so uh, I did. I hear some of it. Yeah, it's familiar. Yeah, and and Eminem is one of the people that over the years I've found myself drawn a lot to his his story and just to find out more about him, because it, it's his ability is is so impressive. Like I've watched a few little like YouTube documentaries and stuff about him just because I, I I find him fascinating as an individual, and I I can't even like I couldn't even think that fast inside my own head. Right. And to hear him speak that way and and to manipulate words the way he does is is incredible in the last episode we talked about the debut of nelly with country grammar so let me know what you think of this Had you heard this before? I think I yeah, it, it was familiar. And what were your thoughts as far as like the type of uh, the type of music? I I mean, I, it had a little bit of like a ethereal kind of quality, a little bit like a little space or a little something. Like you, it was a little bit. I don't know. It it was oddly relaxing. And I'm telling you that this is why I think he made such an impact because he came and he's rapping obviously, but th like you said, there's something different about what you're hearing, like. You're like, no, I, I, I acknowledge this is rap. I recognize this is rap. But there's a, a looseness to the way he was, to me anyway, the way he was rapping. There was a little bit of a looseness uh, and almost fun, you know, but also very technical, incredibly technical. 
So I, yeah, that's why. And now he then brings out the, as you mentioned, the Saint Lunatics, and he starts introducing the rest of his crew. And I think this next song is the one that basically like really brought out like what they were about. Right. These are the guys that started the whole like er and per and her like they, <laughs> they, was, they got it. Yeah, it was that 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 southern slur, uh, you know, drawl from from uh, St. Louis. Uh, had you heard that yeah, one they before? Just incorporated it. In. Um, I I feel like I had to have honestly. It definitely sounded familiar. Um, oh. I can't imagine where though, but yeah. Yeah, and again. Uh, for me, just like you said, it sets a mood. It's a fun. This is almost like a. There's a playful. Yeah, like you know mentality. how like, you There's know how like when you, to it. when you listen to like a Bee Gees song, right? You change the way you walk almost <laughs> to like match the beat because of you know Saturday Night Light Fever or, or Staying Alive. Like it does that. So I think with this and, and with the previous song, there's a certain swagger that comes uh, to me anyway. That when I'm walking and listening, I'm just like. I can't help. My body will naturally react to like the fact that this thing is just keeping a really fun beat and and rhythm that that uh, really does it for me. Yeah, some music draws you in like that and makes you like a part of it in that way. And I think I think I you could feel that. So one of the other things that we one of the other artists that we talked about quite a bit uh, was Tupac, and we talked. I think on two episodes we talked about Tupac's "Me Against the World." Now, the song that, that I think is the biggest hit from that album is this one. You all appreciate it. When I was young, me and my mama had beef, 17 years old, kicked out on the streets. Though back at the time... Was that a song that had been in your radar uh, since it's come out? Not when you were at the time? I don't... I don't... I don't think so. So was this like a? Did it feel like the first time you were hearing it? Yeah. Really? Interesting. So what did you think about it? That's actually a good point. So it's for for how serious the things are that he's talking about. It's like it's it's like such a gentle. It, it, the, it, his singing is very. It's it's just gentle sounding. And you don't expect that from from such a some such a serious topic. Right, it's it's that's a contrast. I think that's what made the song so popular. It was because he, he again like he had a reputation, you know, he sang, uh, he rapped about much harder things. And it it there was a bit of a openness, there was a bit of a like uh what's the word I'm looking for? Not 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 frail cuz vulnerability. Vulnerability, you know, uh, to be able to to like when it comes to rapping, showing weakness, I, again, this is just my opinion. Showing weakness is what people are going to jump on, right? That's that's where you get hit on. But there, in the rap world, there is a certain, there is a certain rule that says you don't mess with people's moms, you know. <laughs> like, so it's okay to say you miss your mom, that you love your mom, that you appreciate your mom. 
Um, and people tend to not, you know, like knock those. Uh, and I think when this came out, I, you know, I don't know what he was going through, but it, I think it, 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 it was one of those things where like, I think people weren't expecting it from him and he nailed it. And again, lyricist, like this dude used to go into the studio and record just his voice and people would, you know, take what they needed to make the songs. But that, that he just constantly was recording. There's a, there's a rumor that his mother has hours and hours of his rapping still in a vault, like that hasn't been released. You know, and there were so many albums that were released after his death because of how much stuff he had recorded that people then started to put music to. Like, it's incredible uh, how prolific he was, you know, to a certain extent. Yeah, and I think it leaves it was, such a legacy. I think it was it had a lot to do with being able to be both, you know, the, the angry uh, gangster, but also like the vulnerable son in this case. Uh, now, the, the, the other song I want to highlight from this is is a song that, Lyrically, I think it's is phenomenal from this album, and it's called So Many Tears. Back in elementary, I thrived on misery. Left me alone, I grew up amongst a dying breed. Inside my mind, couldn't find a place to rest. Until I got that dug like tatted on my chest. Tell me, can you feel me? You know, like, again, musically, it's okay. It accompanies his voice well. Lyrics, though, it's just, just a great, great storyteller. Yeah. He now, can't help but pay attention. You can't. Yeah, exactly. Even when he is yelling and angry and trying to kill you, like you're like, oh my God, this is really well done. <laughs> we talked about a group called Bone Thugs and Harmony in one of our episodes. And I, 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 I don't think I expressed what they did to rap or for rap. So I put two songs on here. The one that we talked about in the episode, but then the, the song that I, the first song that I heard from them that made them famous. So let's start with the, the song that we talked about on the episode. So what were your thoughts on Bone Thugs? Melodic, another one that pretty relaxing, honestly. For me, I agree definitely with both of those. It was like a different way to hear rap, you know, because normally you don't hear they're they're talking about like serious things. But I again, I don't even like I want to say harmony, but it's in their fucking name. But it it just was not something that was being done at the time, so it really like stuck out. And the the other song, uh, first of the month, because again, it's like it's talking it it's talking about something very real, like that the welfare check comes at the first of the month and you know like what that means and and the story that they're going through it's it's a very serious and deep song but but they're the way they're delivering it to you is it's just gorgeous let's give it that one a quick little listen Wake up, 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 wake up
You know, it's almost like they're going fast, it's slow, but like you can hear and understand everything, but it's just something about it. But it's woven together well. Like I mean, you can't. I don't think you can help but mention it, even being in their name. Like the harmony is is uh, impressive. It's just the context too. Like I don't have the context of like, oh well, this changed. You know, this was new. This was different. I just, it's just the music, but it, that's very interesting too. The evolution of it is, of the of of the genre is is fascinating. Right. Uh, eventually, you know, we have like rappers like um, Big Boy from Outkast and like Twister who start to rap incredibly fast and still, you know, uh, understandable. But these guys were doing something that just was not happening at the time where you could. You could really appreciate the, the 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 music plus the message. Again, it's a very serious topic. Yeah. But yeah, no. So that I I you know again like in this '95 I think we said. Um. Then we go. I think that the next couple of them are. Okay. So hang on. So yeah. Before we jump into those, let's go to. We mentioned Snoop was introduced to the world through the Chronic, and then he does his own album. He does Doggy Style, which, again, is a masterpiece of work. So from Doggy Style, the very first single. So, see, two things are happening here, right? You have a smooth lyricist, and then you have Dr. Dre producing the music. And you can hear it. You can hear the influence from Nothing But A G Thing. You can hear California Love. You can hear all those songs, and you can hear, like, classic funk because he's sampling, and he's, he's heavily influenced by that. You can't help but appreciate how good this fucking music is because whatever <laughs> genre it is, good music is good music regardless of it's it. It's universal. Was that, uh, again, like around the first time or was it something that, that was uh, somewhere in, in, in your back catalog? I, I I can't recollect it from, from anywhere. So it may as well be the first, at least rec for recognition in my mind. Um, yeah, I remember this video came out and it was, yeah, it was like, you know, we had heard Snoop in the Dr. Dre albums, but this was him by himself. And it was, my God, man, I'm telling you, this dude just killed it. And, and again, he wasn't representing Compton. He was representing Long Beach, like LBC. It just, it it did something. And then he, he was able to introduce Nate Dogg, and he was able to introduce Warren G, which gave us the regulators, introduced the Dog Pound. You know, like, it, it just, it, it opened up a lot of doors for, for new rappers to be recognized for from different areas. But uh, there's something about that intro and that bass and just, oh, does it. Now, we talked earlier about Dr. Dre, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Ice Cube doing a lot of writing. And the, one of NWA's biggest hits is Boys in the Hood, rapped by Eazy-E, but written by Ice Cube. Uh, could have easily been his song, but they gave it to Eazy-E. So here's a, a little sample from Boys in the Hood. Cruising down the street in my 6-4, jocking the freaks, clocking the dough. Went to the park to get the scoop, knuckleheads out there, cold shooting some hoops. A car pulls up, who can it be? A fresh El Camino rolling key 
it's just it's just again storytelling the story yeah the story is what jumps out to me it does right like he he has a hell of a night <laughs> uh decent decent music but you're just captured by the storytelling for me yeah it's the highlight it definitely is um so those are pretty much all the hardcore like rap stuff that we covered in the playlist. The next couple songs will vary depending on the on the one hit wonder or trend that we talked about between '92 and 2000. We talked about NSYNC in the last episode, and we talked about Justin Timberlake's solo album when he released Justified. So this is his first single from that album. Just some about you. Yeah, I'm looking at you. Whatever. Keep looking at me. You're scared now, right? Don't feel me, baby. It's just Justin. Feel good, right? What are your thoughts on that one? So, so Justin Timberlake's one of those ones that I think I'm probably not alone in it, but I think I kind of wrote off from just being boy band, mm-hmm. you know. And you're just like, well, that's that's what he did. But um, he's actually he's quite talented, so. You know, it's uh, what's the word I want to use? I don't know. It's impre- like it's my fault for like having a preconceived notion, but like it's it's still I, I, I'm impressed. You know, and and I've I've heard him in uh, other other performances prior and and other things, and and you know, I, it was a while ago that I realized like oh he's a, he, he's really a talented musician. You know, so yeah, and and one of the things he did right was he because this this song was produced by neptunes right so pharrell williams so it's one of those things right where when you take a producer and you take a talent you can only have a good thing come out right because every other member from nsync technically had the same chance right i think uh the other guy jc chavez i think is his name i'm not 100 percent sure he also released an album around the same time just didn't quite get the same buzz I think it had a lot to do with who you pick because for his second album, he went to Timberland and he did an amazing job with, with Timberland. But for this album, he used the Neptunes and we know who Pharrell is now. 20 years ago, though, you know, he was still not as well known, uh, you know, in the outside world. I think within the producing world, he was pretty well known. But stuff like this, though, you can hear that's music. And, and even before he starts to sing, you're like, I'm kind of in on this for me anyway. I'm kind of in, you know, like, and then he starts to say, you're like, wow, this is a great combination. Speaking of podcasts. So one of the, I, I, I listened, I haven't gotten all the way through it yet, but I've been listening to the Metallica podcast. Okay. And producer, they talk a lot about over time, like switching, you know, what producer they got with and like the influence it had and the change to their, you know, cause they kind of made it through like the first, I think three albums kind of on their own, just, uh, and, and sort of got famous, bef- you know, and, they did things kind of backwards the way they talk about it. Like they, they, they got big, they got popular, and then they kind of looked to like evolve their music. And then it was hard for them because they were set in their ways and how they did things. And so the producer, like I, I, I have a better understanding now of how influential and how important that can be in music. And it, it's not just about the talent of the individuals involved or, you know, even their style. It's like being able to communicate that through the medium of the album properly because you know you could be a great live band and your albums can be not so good because you can't it's got to be captured properly 
Yeah, and sometimes the 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 producer is able to hear something you don't, and and they were advise because uh, I know you mentioned that was it the Black Album. Yeah, Bob Rock. Bob Rock, right? Yeah, and again, like I always think of, I always think of like Rick Rubin and what he's done for music, and I think of you know Pharrell, and I think of um, even you know later uh, nowadays like Dan Arbuck, I think is a fantastic producer. Um, but yeah, no, it's one of those things where like you hear a sound and you kind of associate it with a certain artist. And I think that Dr. Dre had that in the nineties, you know, like you heard a beat and you're like, that sounds like a Dre beat. Like you, you know, it's a signature thing. Like I think drummers talk about other drummers the same way. You're like, you can listen to a song and you're like, that's Ringo Starr. You know, like that's Dave Grohl. Like it's one of those things. Like uh, there's, there's a certain, I think Dave Grohl is the one who said you can give the same sheet of music to two drummers. And they will play it a different way, even though it's the exact same thing because of their style. So I think producers fall into that category. We also talked about one. Uh, we talked about Alicia Keys when she first debuted it, and I think this song is the one that that uh, exemplifies her work. she came out with that song there was something different you know like th this is not your typical like one hit wonder or like radio hit but yeah i'm sorry i'm again taking it all i i know I've, I've definitely heard her before and uh there's a lot of soul in that in the in the in which you know the way she, the way she's singing yeah here. you, you can that's you can feel it, it it's tangible yeah it's powerful definitely the next one we'll talk about I think you mentioned that you loved the title of her album when I told it to you, which was uh, Lauren Hill's The Miseducation of Miss Lauren Hill. This is one, I think, one of my favorite songs from that album. It's funny how money changes situation. Miscommunication lead to complication. My emancipation don't put your equation. I was on the humble you on every station. Someone play young Lauren like she done. But remember not to game the one of the sun. Everything. Just this is one of those like that. Just I, I see it in your face. Like there's a smile. Like there's something just so good about this. It's punchy. And again, the story, the, the, the highlight is you're on this journey. Yeah, I, I when this, so she had quite a few songs, and, and it was it was again good producing, like really good music, and her rapping and her style just added to that. It was not like they were not conflicting; they meant to meant like they they were meant to be together. Uh, we have a one hit wonder from 1992. I want to say next. I want to know. I'm not even going to say that. I just want to know what you thought of this one. What was your thoughts on Jump Around? Or Jump, actually, not Jump Around. I mean, I've definitely heard some of that before. Okay. So that's familiar. 
These um, these guys were like twelve or thirteen years old when they did this, by the way. Right. I mean, it it sounds like it, but again, like it's it's another very energetic, obviously, from the title, and it conveys there's yeah. energy in that music. These were the kids that wore their clothes backwards. I think they had two hits before they disappeared. Before we go to the one song that isn't um, rap, we're gonna do California Love because now this is this is Dre in the mid '90s working with Tupac. So this is a collaboration between the two. And again, it's it's one of those things where like it was the perfect combination of things came together to create this one of the most amazing rap songs I've ever heard, ladies and gentlemen. again this is this is dre doing a callback right so he's heavily influenced by p-funk but then that person doing the the little the little uh chorus there was a group in the 80s called zap and roger and they basically perfected that little sound that little computer voice almost so he hit him up for that and and you're like you i can't hear that song without that ever being there you know yeah it just again it goes back to like belongs it belongs exactly. So, what was what were your thoughts on California Love? That's another song that I I have heard before in somewhere. Like that was definitely I've heard that, and uh, you know, I'm, it's, it's my home state, so it speaks gotta, to me. Gotta love it. Uh, so, with the two songs we have left, we're gonna do another band that I introduced to you guys on the year 2000, which was uh, at the drive-in. I had to put this on in here because it's it's one of my favorite bands. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. It's a near-perfect album. I can listen to this from beginning to end without skipping one song. So I did not want to leave this out. Yes, this is the campaign slithered in trails in the cargo bay. A new turn is a vastness hollow vacuum choppy oxygen tanks. What did you think about the driving? Uh, I mean, I like it. It's a, uh, it's an entertaining, uh, the wordplay. I love the title too. One arm scissors. Titles. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. That, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, uh, I heard this, you know, when it came out, and it was, again, not different, but at the same time, different. You know, like you hear a new band come out, and they sound like something. You know, yeah. you're like, okay, this is alternative. It's alternative rock. Boom. But then you listen, and you're like. There's something different about this band. It's almost like we, the first time I heard Sugar by like System of a Down. I'm like, yeah, this is, you know, this is uh, alternative rock. But then you're like, but there's something different. But like, I, that's how I felt about this band. And it's unfortunate that like, became, they, they ended up just being a, a very well-known underground band at the time. That the, Even after the Mars Volta, they had one big hit with them. But, uh, but this album, Relationship Book, man, it's, it's just... A phenomenal like a phenomenal album the last song i left uh, i so there's there's been quite a few this songs in rap in history i think you know the takeover um uh hit him up like all great 
But when I think, uh, or more recently, right, the, the Eminem one on, on MGK, but when I think of a diss song, and one of the greatest diss songs I have ever heard in my life, it is Ice Cube with no Vaseline. So he made his album, kept NWA out of his mouth, did not fuck with him. They said some shit about him, and then he came back with this and just murdered them with this album and it, with this record. It is... I get so much joy from listening to this because not only does it sound good, but it is lyricism at its greatest. It really is. Oh, yeah. It ain't over, motherfuckers. The motherfucking saga continues. Y'all motherfuckers ready for a W.A.? Get the fuck up! Says he stepped the fuck off. Here's what they think about you. 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 Fuck all y'all. God damn, I'm glad y'all set it off. Used to be hard, now you just went and saw Bert, you was down with the AK. And now I see you on a video with Michelet, looking like straight bozos. I saw it coming, that's why I went solo. And kept on stomping. Well, y'all motherfuckers move straight out of Compton. Living with the whites. <laughs> What'd you think of this one, by the way? So it's a fascinating thing, the the, the diss track phenomena, and that the, it's 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 just part of the genre to do that. It's not like you're backstabbing people to their face, kind of. Right. And uh, there's a greater story, obviously. So, like, the, you know, you could listen to the song on, your, on its own and be entertained, but the greater story is just... Uh, uh, it adds. It adds. And that's the thing. Like when you when you listen to it or when you read the lyrics, you know, like the comments that he makes. Some are direct. Like some are direct. Like, hey, you know, you did this. But then some are something so simple as like, let's play Big Bang, take Little Bank. <laughs> you know, it's like, and it's it's such a it's such a small, quick line. But you're all like, oh, like, you know, like he, that. It's saying so much. It's saying about it's saying about money. It's saying about income. It's saying about where you are in your career. Like it says so much in that quick little throwaway that then goes into like a whole separate diss line. It's just I I uh, it's one of my favorite songs of all time. It's it it, it again. It's, it's just you know people people can say that it's easy to write a song where you're just talking shit, but to be that precise, that that surgical with your words. It's is impressive. I think it's easy to talk shit. I don't think it's easy to make a song out of it, an and actual song. And this is like four and a half minutes of like. Just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the name of the song is No Vaseline because that's how, just raw. Oh man, I am incredibly glad that you uh, that you listened to this and that you enjoyed it for most of it, if not all of it. Uh, I had fun creating it. I had fun listening to it right now. I know I'm 90% sure I did most of the talking on this just because it was my passion project. <laughs> I was hoping to actually do something else, but I, we were at the 50-minute mark. 
Here we go. There you go. Did, so, we did it. So it's an entire episode. So we're going to have to leave that other thing for, for another episode. But, uh, but man, this was so much fun. Uh, Gabe, thank you for doing your homework. Maybe now my we can, pleasure. Maybe now we can get you to watch Shawshank Redemption, Almost Famous, and all those little movies you've missed over the years. <laughs> Just real quick. Hang on. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next week.